Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Wednesday, September 21st, and this is People Every Day. Welcome back, everyone. Janine Rubenstein here. And while I am excited to be back with you today, I do have one question for you before we get started. to do it again. That song is just so catchy and so good and one of my favorites. You faithful listeners will remember we did a little something last year. I may or may not have blasted it on Alexa this morning to wake up my whole family. I'm a great mom. Well, we've got another full show for you. I mean, obviously, you know, we're going to get into everything that happened last night on The Bachelorette, including the truth about Tino. Plus, we've got an exclusive story in our issue this week that takes you behind the scenes of William and Harry's tense an awkward relationship. Let's kick things off, though, with what's really been buzzing around my timeline right now. Everyone I know keeps talking about Adam Levine. On yesterday's show, we took a dive into the reports that the married Maroon 5 rocker allegedly had an affair with Instagram model Sumner Stroh. Stroh claims that after months of not talking to her, Levine reached out asking how she would feel if he named his third child Sumner after her, the child he's now expecting with wife, Victoria's Secret model Bahati Prinsloo. Levine released a statement on Instagram saying he did not cheat on his wife, but did admit to using poor judgment and said, quote, I crossed the line during a regrettable period in my life. Since Stroh brought the allegations of her relationship with Levine to light by posting screenshots of their conversations to TikTok, three other women have come forward alleging they too had intimate conversations with the moves like Jagger singer. Now, a source close to Levine tells People that despite the claims that he and the IG model had an affair, Levine insists to those around him that, quote, nothing physical happened. He swears it. The source then added he was messaging her, being flirtatious with three women. One of them, she specifically said they have a physical relationship, but he is completely denying that to friends. And as for why the singer had flirtations outside of his marriage, the source says Levine craves female attention, emphasizing that, quote, he likes it more than most. Prince Lou has not yet spoken publicly about her husband or the state of their marriage. A source close to her did say she is, quote, very upset, but still 100 percent committed to her family. That's according to the source. Mm. We will obviously be keeping our fingers on the pulse of this one and hoping for the best for all parties, whatever that may look like. Moving on to another story we've been keeping an eye on, the woman who accused Tiffany Haddish and Aries Spears of molestation has dropped her lawsuit against the two comedians. In court documents obtained by news outlets, the 22-year-old woman, identified as Jane Doe, requested the case be dismissed with prejudice, meaning the plaintiff cannot refile the same claim again in that court. Jane Doe commented on her decision in a statement, saying, quote, My family and I have known Tiffany Haddish for many years, and we now know that she would never harm me or my brother or help anyone else do anything that could harm us. We wish Tiffany the best and are glad that we can all put this behind us. 
This, of course, comes after Jane Doe sued Haddish and Spears last month, alleging that the two had, quote, groomed Doe and her younger brother, listed as John Doe, leaving them, quote, traumatized for life. Back on September 5th, the Girls Trip star addressed the suit on Instagram and said, quote, I know people have a bunch of questions. I get it. I'm right there with you. Unfortunately, because there is an ongoing legal case, there's very little that I can say right now. Jane Doe and lawyers for Haddish and Spears did not immediately respond to people's requests for comment. Odds are, though, that we'll hear from them soon. I know fans are interested in hearing what they have to say about this short-lived debacle. And now on to those royals. Last week, during the UK's 10 days of mourning for the Queen, much was made of William and Harry walking the streets of London to meet with throngs of mourners together. But in this week's cover story, we learned that it was actually quite an awkward experience for both of them, all things considered. As the world watched the royal family bid farewell to Queen Elizabeth, all eyes were also on Prince William and Prince Harry and their wives, Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle. As we know, the relationship between the two couples is fractured, especially since Harry and Meghan stepped down as senior royals two years ago. Now that the Queen is gone, many people are wondering if this will be the catalyst that helps heal or starts to heal that not-so-old wound. Uh, We explore all of that and more in this week's People cover story. And joining me now to break down the current state of the royal family drama is People Editorial Director of Society and Culture, Michelle Tauber. Hi, Janine. Well, ever since the Queen died, we saw what appeared to be a family united in grief. But behind the scenes, it was very different. A source told us that this week has been incredibly tough for Harry, a feeling that was present from the moment the royal family knew about the Queen's death. So tell us what happened there. There is a real strain and a rift between these two brothers who the world has watched grow up, William and Harry, and that was playing out amid this period of mourning. And a couple things were going on. One is that, indeed, Harry was not on the plane with William and several of the other family members, including the uncles, who flew to the Queen's bedside in Scotland when word came down that she was ill. Harry flew alone. None of them actually made it to the Queen's bedside before her death. But the fact that Harry was alone, I think, is a reflection of the isolation he's experiencing within this family. Mm. And then the second part of that is, we understand, a dinner in which Charles and William, potentially other family members, were included and Harry was not. We had a source tell us this week, everyone was hurting. There's a lot of pain here. And it's compounded by the existing pain that had been going on for several years with these brothers. Just the detail you guys were able to glean about all of this. But the world saw that Prince William extended an olive branch to his brother and sister-in-law and invited them to walk with him and Kate to meet with mourners outside of Windsor Castle. It looked like the start of patching things up, but actually it was just uncomfortable, we've heard, right? I want to emphasize that these are real people. You know, they put their best foot forward. At a funeral, often there's a lot going on, but when you're in front of everyone else, you're not going to air your problems there. Behind the scenes, what we were told about that outing is that both couples found it hard. It was awkward to be suddenly thrust together after being apart publicly for several years now. There are thousands of cameras, people's cell phones trained on them in that moment. And that, you know, essentially they were sort of summoning that kind of stoic spirit 
of just getting through it for the queen, for their grandmother. Oh, God. But the tension didn't stop there. We know Harry and Meghan were not invited to the reception for world leaders at Buckingham Palace since it was only for, quote, working members of the royal family. And we saw that they were seated in the second row at the funeral, but behind King Charles and Queen Camilla, away from William and Kate, though. So so what do we know now as to what's happening with Harry, Meghan, and their kids? The reception where the world leaders, you know, were invited and we heard Meghan and Harry were going, then we heard Meghan and Harry were not going. You know, this is at the heart of this tension where they made the choice to step off as senior working royals, begin a new life in California. And the feeling was that that reception for world leaders was essentially a business meeting. And they are no longer in the family business. And I want to talk about the seating because a lot of people have confusion about that. It is true that Meghan and Harry were sitting in the second row. I would point out that they were seated directly behind the king, which is no small potatoes. And the palace, in fact, guided and said that, listen, the way we did the seating was to go down by age and group family units. You can kind of see that at play. And then it kind of looped back around. There was an explanation for that. Got it. It almost paled in comparison to me to, you know, just not seeing Harry in his military garb. And I know you had brought that up this week as well. To me, Janine, as someone who's followed this family, Harry, again, has he served 10 years in the British Army, ranked as captain. They made this exception for him at the vigil in which the grandchildren stood guard outside the Queen's coffin when it was lying in state at Westminster Hall. And seeing Harry in uniform again in that one moment that they granted the exception for, I, it was really moving because it's so much a part of who he is. I think it's hard for Americans to understand they are very wedded to protocol. I think it was really painful, Janine, in particular. And on Monday, watching him walk in his morning suit, the moment when they pass the Cenotaph, the War Memorial in London, and his siblings who were in uniform, who included Princess Anne, those are military honors, Prince William, King Charles, they all, by protocol, were permitted to salute the Cenotaph. And Harry was not. And... I thought that was hard. Well, I mean, the Queen knew that family strife and conflict is just a part of life. Do you think she ever held out hope that William and Harry would patch things up? Have we heard that that was part of something that she wanted to happen? Yes, we, we have heard that. And in fact, historian Robert Hardman, who wrote a very well-regarded biography of the Queen, said the Queen adored Harry to the end. They always had a special bond. And he said, I think she was one of the conduits between Windsor, where the Queen lived, and where Harry and Meghan live when they're in the UK, where they stay, and California, and that it would have been one of her dearest wishes to see the two brothers patch things up. Well, I am certainly hoping they work things out. It's heartbreaking that there is is just so much tension between brothers. Michelle, it's always so great to have you on. Thank you, Janine. And everyone, make sure to pick up a copy of this week's issue on stands to dig even deeper into what's going on with these royals. Last night was the finale of the first ever and much discussed double bachelorette season. There were tears and twists and turns, and we learned the identity of the next Bachelor. Coming up, we are joined by our TV guru, Brianne Heldman, as we break down everything in Bachelor land. But first, it's fall, it's football season, and it is time to tailgate. 
After the break, we've got some tailgating recommendations that you're going to want to add to the menu this weekend. We'll be right back. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Football season is finally here, and my Niners are coming off of their first win of the year. So whether you're a fan of college football, the NFL, or probably both, you know what time of year it really is. Tailgating season. And the best part of any tailgate, aside from, you know, dressing head to toe in your team colors and getting all hyped for the game, is firing up the grill and piling on your plate. So to ensure you're top of your hosting game this TG season, people's food expert, Sanal Dutt, is here to share the best tips and tricks to level up a variety of classic game day recipes. Hey, Sanal. Hi. So I, I want to know what I can whip up this year that will be a little out of the box, maybe on the light side, uh, but not lacking in flavor or taste. You know, one of the recipes that we feature in uh, this issue of People Magazine are our pizza spring rolls. So what they are is like all that deliciousness that you love about pizza, you know, cheese and pepperoni and sausage and mushrooms, whatever you really love. And it's stuffed inside an egg roll wrapper. And you can bake them or my preference, you can fry them so they get nice and crispy and on the inside gets super melty. And it gives you all the satisfaction of that greasy slice of pizza, but maybe in a slightly more elegant and slightly elevated way. The good thing is like you want to be able to eat everything with your hand without getting super messy. So you can, you know, you can pop one or 20. No one's judging here. We can all agree that no party is complete without a good home style burger though, right? So to steal a throwback from Emerald, I think we should take things up another notch from the traditional ingredients that we're all accustomed to. So, so what do you have for someone who wants to stay true to the bun and the beef, but with a little extra surprise maybe in the middle? So I'm a big fan of Juicy Lucy burgers. They're from Minneapolis. And basically what it is, it's the burger stuffed with cheese inside the patty. So when you cook it up on the grill, everything is inside the burger and it gets like kind of melty and molten. So when you take a bite, the cheese just oozes out of it. It is so delicious. And I have to say, if you don't, you can dress it up any way you want. In the magazine, we feature Molly Ye's recipe and she puts kimchi on top of it. It is this perfect canvas for adding whatever flavors you really like. Oh, I love that. Well, every tailgating celebration, there is bound to be chips and dip, two of my favorite things in life. So what type of dip do you recommend for the novice in the kitchen like myself? In the magazine, we feature Tara Bench's seven-layer guacamole dip, which, you know, nods back to those delicious Mexican seven-layer dips. But what this is, is you put a layer of guacamole on a massive platter. And then you just start adding your, your favorites, you know, scallions and jalapenos and, and salsas and, you know, maybe some cilantro, corn, black beans, like basically everything you love in like a burrito. Mm -hmm. You just build on this platter and it not only looks really delicious, but each 
swipe of your chip, you get a little bit of everything. And it's so, so good. Love it. Love it. And for those who should probably stay away from the kitchen altogether, though, (laughs) what things should they put on their list to bring aside from the regular paper plates, cups, and ice? Like I hear there's some new game day staples that are perfect for any party. So there are a bunch of new snacks. Doritos actually has come out with two new chips. And one of them is ketchup flavored. And the other one is mustard flavored. And they are so shockingly similar to the flavors of ketchup and mustard, but they're they're still kind of satisfying in that classic Doritos way. Brock's also has a line of tailgate candy corn, which hits on some of those flavors that you expect at your, at your tailgate. And then finally, sometimes you just want a cold beer, right? And Bud Light actually has released a line of NFL team cans. So, you know, it's the beer that everyone loves and they wanted a game, but, you know, showing a little bit of team spirit. I would totally bring all of that. Sonal, this is so great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. The Bachelorette season finale aired last night in an explosive three-hour show. Fans watched as Rachel Recchia got engaged to her finalist, Tino, only for her happiness to come crashing down around her after a bumpy rough patch and Tino admitting to cheating on her. Our other leading lady, Gabby Wendy, got engaged to her finalist, Eric. But it wasn't all sunshine and roses there either. Eric had a few skeletons in his closet that he also had to address. There's a lot to discuss here. So joining me now to do that is People's Senior TV Editor, Brianne Heldman. Hey, Brianne. This was a doozy. Right? So let's dive just right into Rachel. We watched as she pushed through the last date with him and let him know that he was the only one left and she wanted to spend the rest of her life with him. But it did not end up like she expected. Rachel spoke to People, and this is what she had to say. I slowly worked out the details of some infidelity. It wasn't something that he felt like he needed to tell me by any means. It was something I had to pull out. But yeah, and that's kind of where everything led before our our talk. So I know Bachelor Nation was rocked by the infidelity claims. Can you walk us through it all, Brianne? Basically, Rachel said, I feel like you are truly my perfect match. You are the only one here. And he was all excited. And then, of course, he proposed. And it was this very touching proposal. He said, I'm so hopelessly in love with you. And then reality hit. And uh, that didn't quite go a According to plan, they both referred to, quote, some difficulties, but didn't actually spell out what any of those really were. It sounded like they were having some trouble. And then Tino had been talking to some girl before the show that he ran into in a bar and kissed her. And it was also very confusing the way that this all played out on the show. But. It sounded like Rachel and Tino then had a happy couple weekend. They spent lots of time together and he didn't bring up this kiss until near the end. Then he kind of was pointing fingers at her and saying, well, I was feeling really insecure because you said you didn't want to wear the ring and it just kind of spiraled. Then he comes on the show in the live version of After the Final Rose and kind of doubles down. He tries to make it sound like he does want to get back together with her and then ends up turning it back around and starting to point fingers at her. Yet it was a hot mess. Oh, gosh. So how did her runner up Avon play into all of this drama? He met the parents and it went really, really well. But then he told Rachel's friends that he wasn't sure he was ready to get engaged. And Rachel was not so happy about this. And their conversation was very awkward. So she let him go. But 
it had kind of seemed, at least to me, like maybe Avon was the front runner. I don't know. Anyway, Avon comes out during after the final rose after this has gotten very heated between Rachel and Tino. And he's like, hey, let's get out of here. Honestly, Janine, this was the most shocking thing to me. So they actually did. He took her away. They showed them talking a little bit backstage. And then we didn't see Rachel again. And I will tell you that we knew we have people we we've got our sources. We know things. She was supposed to come back out with Gabby at some point and she never showed up. Oh, look, get him on the rebound, Avon. I, for one, am here for it. Chaos. OK, moving on to Gabby. She left the show engaged to Eric, who was also a last man standing come final dates. However, it seems happily ever after has been a little challenging for the couple since they entered the real world as some leaked photos and a photo of Eric in blackface surfaced. And now this is not the first time something like this has happened on this franchise. Come on. Like, how does this keep happening? The photo was from his school yearbook. So it was like high school. It wasn't that long ago. And no, but in that moment, once that surfaced, Eric did release an apology on Instagram. And Gabby told us, you know, there was also some issues with some text messages that leaked with a girl that Eric broke up with right before he headed out onto the show. And he made a comment that implied that it was fake and he was only going on to further his career. On the show, he did not bring up the the blackface issue, but he Gabby did speak about it to us at People. And she said it was a time for us to take a step back and reflect on our relationship regarding both of those situations and that they have had lots of communication and talked about it quite a lot. But I will just say these sorts of issues don't go away just because the show is over and we've seen it. We've seen it damage relationships in the past. Finally, the show announced their new bachelor, Zach Shalcross, who will lead for season 27. Zach was one of Rachel's final men who left after Fantasy Suites when he felt that there was an awkward tension between himself and Rachel. As he left Mexico, he was clearly emotional in the van and distraught about how he just felt like he was more in love with her than she was with him. Well, tell us how Zach's journey for love started off last night. Well, they did not mess around and he met five of the contestants that we'll see in the Bachelor Mansion And got to give a first impression, Rose. He gave it to a woman named Brianna. And she was actually adorable. I really liked her. So she's my early front runner. I'm already putting my money there. Uh, (laughs) He also told people that heartbreak is never fun. And it didn't deter him from wanting to do this. Brianne, thank you so much for breaking this all down as we move on to Bachelor in Paradise. and, And a whole new season of drama and chaos to ensue. Now, Billy Eichner is an actor and comedian and a friend of the show who is known for his direct point of view and his even more direct and signature loud voice. You know Playboy Cardi? Yeah. yeah. Nah, they, you don't know who that is. I know who that is. So name one song by him. I can't name a song. Name one song by Barbara Streisand, bitch. You know and love him from projects like Parks and Rec and the live-action Lion King and, of course, his hilarious web series, Billy on the Street, which is where that last clip is from. Billy has a new rom-com coming out 
out in theaters next week called Bros. Billy co-wrote and stars in the film, and he took to the streets to promote the film with people's reigning sexiest man alive. Hey guys, it's Billy. I'm out here back on the street with famous and beloved straight man Paul Rudd. We're going to spread the word about my new movie, Bros. You ready, Paul? Yeah! Let's bro! The two charged the streets in Bros branded t-shirts to recruit strangers on the sidewalk to see the new film. And I've got to say, having Paul Rudd on your side is always great advertising. Sir, Paul Rudd demands that you see bros. I'm in. Miss Paul Rudd and I are rounding up straight women to go see bros! I got it! Go see bros! I mean, people really do love Paul Rudd. I mean, people does, and actual people. But not everyone was as eager to go out and see the film. Miss, are you straight? Yes. Yes, we're rounding up straight people to go see my movie, Bros. It's a gay rom-com. Come with me. Okay. Come with I, me. I can't. I have to be. Where do you Where do you have to be? Uh, a work meeting. Oh, come on. No, 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 no. I've been working for 20 years for this. And that last clip is true. Eichner grew up a fan of rom-coms, but felt that they didn't reflect his romantic experiences as a gay man. That's why he, along with director and co-writer Nicholas Stroller, who directed films like Neighbors and Forgetting Sarah Marshall, set out to make this film. In this last episode of Billy on the Street, Billy really ramped things up to promote bros. First with Paul Rudd. Then he offered people money. Miss, for a dollar, will you be seeing bros? Will you see bros? I'm sorry. Why, why? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm not Florence Pugh! And then he took things to another level when he teamed up with, quote, a pack of wild lesbians. Miss, these lesbians and I want you to go see bros with us. Yeah. See bros, new movie! Oh, okay. For a dollar, scream if you're going to see bros on September 30th. I'll see bros on September 30th! Yes! I love me some Billy Eichner and a good rom-com, and I cannot wait to check out Bros when it comes out a week from this Friday. Well, that's all we have for today. Thanks, as always, for listening and downloading, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow on People Every Day.